I, Brandon Hammonds, am the sole creator and producer of Next Up. This episode was voluntarily created to bring awareness and support those who are against racism, hatred, bigotry, and violence. This episode features a discussion of shared sentiments from people in their cause for justice and encourages the use of their platforms and privilege for systematic change. I, Brandon Hammonds, on the behalf of Next Up, will continue to work diligently toward culture change and seek to remain mindful of my shortcomings in the process. This features a group of people who identify themselves as black, Latino, and white. I created this platform aiming to leave a trail on this earth that could provide you and many others with value. I always have and will continue to respect and love all walks of life, regardless of profession, race, ethnicity, religion, or color. If you don't like what myself or others have to say, I've left my email in the description and would appreciate if you reached out to me directly. You also have the option to not listen. Many others have unfollowed me because of my opinion, words, and where I stand, and I'm completely okay with that. But I know this discussion has the opportunity to provide you with tremendous value, and I hope you enjoy. I, Brandon Hammonds, as a white male in America, say proudly that black lives matter. Boys, we made it to June of 2020. What a year, honestly. Quarantine, COVID going on. But as you can see, the group of people that's currently sitting in the circle, we're a huge change. We, we need to be the change that the world needs right now. Multicultural group of friends that grew up together, and I'm happy that I can call you all my brothers, you know, especially in times like these. But we, we've been speaking every now and again on the circumstances that have been transpiring, and I feel like us doing this, this is, this is huge. I feel like this is, this is going to move a lot of people. But just the circumstances that have been happening lately, me... Being, being a white male, Bryce and I were talking about it, it's it's kind of a weird position to be in because me, growing up in pretty much a middle class family, it's hard for me to kind of understand what is going on right. in certain situ- situations in the world, right. you know? So, Bryce, like, what are, how do you feel about about everything? What's, um, what's kind of the right way to go about all of this? I think, I think the right way is just to have a conscious mindset on what is going on. So, like, uh, you made a statement the other day basically saying, like, you didn't you didn't know if racism was real. You know what I mean? And right. I think for a lot of people, that is the case. And for me, that's the first time I heard it. And to hear from somebody from by, like you, like, I didn't. I didn't take offense to it, but it made me think, like, damn, like, Brandon's been around us, and yeah. he still doesn't understand, so it made me think, like, damn, like, that's not his fault. It's just how the system works. Like, right. it doesn't really matter, even if you were an unprivileged white kid. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that you still don't understand that, it's, like, it's, it's sad because it's, like, we go through that shit every day. And Well, the, the reason I said that was because in... I don't see it from my eyes. Right. I don't. Racism doesn't come from my end. Doesn't ever. You don't, right. you don't get hit with it. I, right. Yeah, and I have never thought to hate someone. Right. Because of the color of their but, skin. But it just made me realize so that like, it, to it me, didn't in matter. my eyes, I don't know how yeah. to think in in, in that manner. You know what yeah. I mean? yeah. But 
but it made me realize that, like, like I don't know. Y'all, y'all, let me know if I'm wrong. Like, as a black kid, like I always thought that it was always the rich kid. That's more or less what I meant to say. Right. Like, I always right. thought it was the rich kids that were racist, always the privileged kids that were racist, and you know, assholes and shit like that. But when you said that, I'm like, damn, like, it's a cultural thing. Like, that's just how the culture is in the world. That it's that's how that's how the shit is structured. Like, yeah, 100, dude. What do you think? Like, rich kids are told, like when they see, like, right, girl, right, like. When people do bad things, especially, like, minorities, I feel like it's always, oh, well, they're a criminal. It's not looked at, like, damn, why are they doing that? Like, why, like, no one, like, when they're a kid wants to grow up and be a criminal or be a drug addict or everyone wants, like, to, you know, make a good living and have the pursuit of happiness. Right. That's, in my mind, that's what I think everyone wants and, like, maybe people get lost around the road, but, like. I feel like when people commit a crime, especially people of, like, like, of minorities, like, it's like, oh, well, like, they shouldn't have made that choice instead of being like, oh, well, why are we not doing more to help? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but what situations put them like, in that? Like, it's, it, we're so quickly to condemn and not help, and I think that's where we're a little backwards, right? We should be giving a helping hand and helping people get out, not keep people yeah. there. But a part of that is acknowledging the systematic, you know, structure that has put black people to what Brandon said, I, I think, you know, this isn't about, this isn't about identifying what is racist and what is not right. racist. It's about being actively anti-racist in every aspect of your life. Being kind, yeah. And being, and being anti-racist is about fighting, is about standing up for people that are consistently oppressed. And when you look at the numbers, people are consistently oppressed. And when they are in these situations, they get less opportunity. You mentioned no one wants to grow up and be a criminal or do things that are wrong, but we all don't get afforded the same opportunities right. that someone that lives in a town like Morristown, which is a high-income, well-educated town. Uh, as you know, we don't get those. Some people in lower-income areas don't get the opportunities that we get. Therefore, they they res- they feel like sometimes that they have to resort to doing things that are illegal. If you work 40 hours a week and you're making shit which are minimum wages at this point, you're working hard every single day doing what people tell you you're supposed to do, and you're not and you're not making a living. How is that fair? How is that fair? And but, I, I saw something the other day. It's not a matter of white versus black. It, it's everyone versus racism. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. basically what we need to show and what we need to present, especially to kids that are even maybe younger than us. Right. We all know kids that are still right. in the school system yeah, in Morristown. That, that's that's where it starts. Yeah, and, and that's the sad thing. Like, y'all got to understand, like, our parents grew up in a different generation. So not that not that racism is dying off. That's never going to happen. But <coughs> where it grew from, those people are dying off. So it's like they're trying to feed the rest of that racism in. They're trying to, to fuel the fire. To, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. To keep this shit going. So it's like. Even you get people that are like undercover races that don't come out until it's it's a good opportunity for them. Like no, fuck yeah, that's like, like closet races. People who put on a good, yeah. the people who put on a good face act like your friend, yeah. but behind closed doors they're doing everything in the power. Those people, the people that scare me the most, it's not the racists that scare me the most. Obviously, like it, the, those people are scary. It's the cops that scare us, but it's the people that don't say anything just because it doesn't affect them personally. 
and that it doesn't affect their friendships or their family because right. they are from a white family, and they right. don't have to worry about their loved ones being killed. Right. They don't have to worry about their friends being killed right. or being racially uh, racially discriminated against. Like, right. I just think it takes, it's going to take those people personally to stand up and say that it's not okay. Because mm-hmm. if they don't, bro, like, I think it's not Nobody will, Austin, and right. to what you're saying, that kind of goes to what happened this week with you know, Amy Cooper, the lady in Central Park that was calling the cops on that black, on the black man. Uh, oh, yeah, with the dog. And, and this is the thing, you know, and to back to what Austin said, you know, I reject the notion that you can't see color. If someone tells me that they cannot see color, I'm calling bullshit. Because you will see Bryce as a dark-skinned person a hundred times in a row. Yeah, no matter what, it's about acknowledging that person for what their identity is. I used to say that too. That's that's great that you mentioned that. I used to say that, and then I'm like, wait, I do, but I I accept them for who they are. Yeah, and and that's and that and that's the thing. When you say you don't see color, that's that's those are the people you got to worry about. Because you're not acknowledging this thing. Right, 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 right. You're ignoring the problem instead of acknowledging. Or why can't we all be Americans? You know what Americans are? White. American culture is white. Not going to suppress my culture because you don't want to talk about it and that's where i find these conversations happen the most when we start to open up about race it's like oh why do we always have to talk about all these touchy you know sense like you know sensitive issues you know they're uncomfortable conversations uncomfortable for you i have to live in this body every single time i have a big reason why a big reason why it's uncomfortable though especially speaking from perspective of a white male in this mm-hmm. country it's someone telling you that your opinion is wrong you know like when people they express their feelings and then in the same sense someone will try to steer their opinion in the wrong way when they're making i agree i think i think i think a lot of times a lot of rejecting and try to push their opinions whether you're left you're right republican democrat instead of just sitting there and listening Not so much now, but growing up as a kid, you don't know what's going on, right? You're just taught, you're taught what you're taught. Like, and going back to racism, racism's taught. Like, it, you're not born hating someone. Like, someone, some adult figure taught you to not like someone because of their religion, race, ethnicity. I feel 
like in some situations too, like no matter if they want to try to not like isolate yourself, like for you to not be on that one side, it's really hard for someone to go and talk to a group of people because some people don't know how to talk to a group of people with one, issue. two, three black people in the room. College as well. Like I just talking to you guys, like I was out having a good time talking to someone. And I was like, oh, like, I like your vibe. Like, do you mind, like, if I, if we can hang out with like, your friends and see where this goes from here? And they were like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea just because I can't bring you around my family. I can't bring you around my other friends because they don't know how to interact with someone of color. So, like, I, I grew up in Morristown. I'm extremely happy here. Love you guys, you know. But, like, in other places of the world, like, I can come back to Morristown and feel safe. When I went to school, after that happened, I was like, I, don't know, I can't even phone. I can't even go out and talk to someone and like try to build a friendship because they grew up a certain way and there's no black people I mean, no people of color in their well, family. Well to but, piggyback off of that, like I get what you're saying, but like bro, I felt like that in Morrison. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean so it's yeah, like I sure. I feel like it is it, it's, it's really like like you said, it's, it's how people were brought up like I know y'all know there's a lot of undercover races in Morristown. You know what I mean? So it's like that's everywhere though. Yeah, exactly. So so my my thing with that is it's like it don't matter where you go. You know what I mean? That's something we have to deal with, and that's what racism really is. It don't matter where you go. It don't matter where you go. We need to get away from. Because I know personally, I think everyone who's heard this, I have a black friend. Yeah. When you start to have a conversation about race, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Right. I'm I'm friends with Bryce. He's black. I agree. Matter. Because like, if someone said some anti-Semitic shit, like, and they were like all Nazi'd up or whatever, and they were like, "Oh, like Corey's my Jewish friend," I'd be yeah, like, "Bro, exactly." It's trying to justify time, it. That's, that's such a that's such an invalid argument. Or like, at the time when someone says that, and you try to explain it to them, they're not even listening to what you say. They're just automatically thinking of a response. Mm. They're not they're not taking in what you say. Because most of the time when people talk. You don't listen to what they actually say. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. You think about the response. You don't think that's about, what I was saying oh, earlier. this is how Hammond feels, or this is how Bryce right, feels, or this right. is how Brian feels. That's a good point. Like, you think about, oh, like, this is what I he said that, the first five seconds. Right. All right, I already got what I'm going to say next. I'm going right. to let him just talk for the next minute yeah. and not yeah. listen. But we have to start somewhere. And if I have a black friend and you're not listening, just, that has to go. That's that a good point. That like, baseline of essentially, you know, we need to stop thinking about these things as... I'm not racist. You know what I mean? It's it, it's not. It, you know, you, you don't have to hang a black person or wear a KKK hoodie to to be a racist anymore. Fact. You you could have sex with black people and still be racist and Absolutely. have racist ideology in that Ku Klux Klan ideology. Yeah. Those Amy Coopers. Amy Cooper is a liberal. She voted for Hillary Clinton. She can, and, and I you know I lived in New Hampshire last year where I was surrounded by these white liberals that consider themselves. They won't even vote for a black person because they don't think a black person could beat Donald Trump. You know what I mean? And that, and that in itself has has its own coded racism. So, Amy Cooper in that video was not under threat by Christian Cooper. She calls the police and says, "I'm going to tell them that a black man is threatening my life." And then as she the video goes on, she gets more hysterical on the call. You know why? Because she knows that what happened to George Floyd is what could have happened to Christian Cooper if the cop showed up right away. And she was weaponizing her whiteness and her white privilege to put Christian Cooper's life in danger because he wanted her to put a fucking leash on her dog. He's a bird watcher. Yeah, yeah. And that and, the, and that's crazy. You gotta think like this is a, a someone that we we would 
consider by all means as a progressive, as someone that's not racist, as on our side, but she's well aware of what her whiteness can do to a black man. People will try to justify their not racism, or their, their they'll, they'll try to defend their racism with an instance of not being racist. Yeah. That's where it's situationally. like yeah, situationally not racist. Situa- yeah. yeah, agree. So it's okay. They're and not also, racist when it benefits them, but they're another... racist when it benefits them. Yeah, so. yeah, or benefits the group. Agreeing with the group of people that they're with. Another thing that irks me too is right, like whether you're left or you're right, like who you vote for, or whatever. Like at the end of the day, it comes down to: do you have values? Do you have morals? Like an empathy, right? And I just feel like lately, especially on social media, because there's not face-to-face contact, people. Are, or just acting with zero empathy. Like zero, like, if, like for example, I always try to do something when I see something happening. If I were in their shoes, like how would I? Exactly. And that's very, and it's very hard to do when you, when you cross racial that, barriers, that's, that's right? That's one of the things that like, that, that really like makes my blood boil. Try their hardest to- Still behind the fucking eight ball. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Any fucking hurdles. Well, that then that goes back to the beginning of my argument saying we're so quick to condemn and not give a helping hand. Like yeah, right? Yeah. Like what, what Quinn said, like why are we not Americans? Like like think about it. We like if like let's put it this way, you know how like a lot of like far right people or like redneck racist people will be like America first, like that whole like if that was truly the way they were thinking, because in my mind they're hiding behind nationalism. Right. That's like when I hear that in my mind. I'm like, okay, I think of a country person who probably is very far right, is probably a very, like, hard, like, Trump supporter, right? And that's not the way that really should be. If you think about it, like, if you had, like, American pride, American pride should consist of bringing everyone up. Yeah, it, it should be But one- how can you have American pride as a person, as a black person in this country? That's what I'm saying. When you're constantly being kicked down, and every time you try to stand up for yourself, you're told you're doing it the wrong way. Whether yeah. you're Kaepernick taking a knee peacefully, or you're burning shit down in Minnesota, it's always wrong. And like I said before the conversation, I mean, before we started recording, LeBron, you know, he was getting shit for wearing the I Can't Breathe shirt in, in Warbucks. It's like nothing we can do is right. Nothing. If I'm doing things that white people do, I'm four times likely or more likely to go to jail. How is that right? How, it just makes no sense in that. Especially with white people, and I see it all the time in the white community, 
is they hear Black Lives Matter, and for some reason, they're threatened. Not even that. Like, they, they just feel threatened, right? Black Lives Matter, all that's saying is Black Lives Matter. They're not saying white lives don't matter. They're not right. saying, of course other lives matter. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? Like, right. I, of, of course, but they're just saying right now, Black Lives Matter. Like, right now, black people are being, like, prejudiced against, being killed, being, and, and all you guys, like, would never, like, ever say that. And, like, I don't understand why the white community has to take it so... Like, like, I don't, like, I don't like to associate with them, especially when they come to that, because all you guys, for example, if it was all Jewish lives matter, like, let's say there was, like, a, like a shooting in Germany or something like that, right, that killed a bunch of Jewish people, yeah. or, like, the, the Paris shooting, right, everyone's right. like, we stand with Paris or whatever, yeah. everyone had no problem doing that, everyone put it on their Facebook, like, whatnot, so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, why can't you just say Black Lives Matter, why is that happening? to be? dying in those Paris shootings. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Why is that? You're the only Why? black cop in Morristown, bro. He's been a cop in Morristown for how long? Our, dude, our entire life. For how life. long? Our entire All lives. School, he's yeah. like the only cop in Morristown. Yeah. Like, that's black. That's African-American. Right. That shows that they know that he's the only black cop. He has to go and work every single day and look around and feel one type of way that African-Americans are getting killed and know that he's the only one that may stand and support him. Because yeah. at the end of the day, everyone else in that room is white. That's a terrible situation to put in. And as, people, as black kids in this town, how, you know, it's a blessing that they put Officer Wright in the school system because we can grow up with an example of a, a black 
police officer, you know, in our lives. Well, how things are supposed to be. Yeah. But also, you know, I just wish that we were able to have that representation in all corners of our lives. You know, when it comes to black teachers, black mailmen, coaches, black coaches, mentors. We're talking about teachers that don't even understand how to talk to black people when there's three black kids in the class. We have teachers that are teaching us with what, with you know, ideologies that are essentially there. white supremacists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they can't even communicate properly with a person with a black person. And it's like, how am I, how am I supposed to get an education that's just as good as Chad and Karen next to me? If you can't even communicate and understand where I, what I'm going to and what, where I'm coming from. And while they're looking at you during Black History Month, you're the only black kid in the class, and who's, who's the white kids going to look at? Exactly. Austin, how do you feel about um, slavery and the fact that you guys got your rights back in 1964? And you're just like, then everyone just turns their head. And just looks at you. What do you, you think, Austin? Like, like, you're, you're, the <laughs> spokes, you're the spokesperson for black Seriously. people in that moment. I'll never forget, I was in third grade, bro. This is my only black teacher I've ever had in my life in third grade. She, uh, Martin Luther King, that she said, if you're black, stand up. Me and two other classmates stood up, and herself stood up. She signed a class of all white people, and she said that if this stuff didn't happen, if slavery wasn't abolished, we wouldn't be here today. Myself, Tyreek, Fatima, and Miss Beckley would not have been there. Like, right. And it's just absurd that we have to have that type of conversation at third grade, but at the same time, that opens up my eyes, and that's something I will never forget. I, why, tell me why I can have that conversation in third grade, but my teacher in the 12th grade didn't have that conversation with me. So, I guess, third grade. <laughs> I guess the question <laughs> I have, and this is obviously way easier said than done, how do you start fixing things like like those situations you just said? Like, how do you, like, is, like how do you go to the district and say, like, you know what I mean? Like, to you fix hire more black teachers. Yeah. Quentin, Quentin, you said structurally. Yeah. So do you think bottom level things like these help? Maybe not necessarily filming it, putting it out to people, but just showing people. Yeah, to open get conversations and talk about it. race. Yeah. I think are always helpful. Right. But this is where I caution. Okay. When George Floyd things happen and you know, black people have to witness someone like them lose their life on camera at the hands of the police. What, what usually goes on is this whirlwind of trauma, right? Every time I scroll on my timeline, I have to watch someone that looks, you know, is, is a dark-skinned person that could be me one day. You know, I'm not as dark-skinned, and I have privileges because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to watch that every single day. And then on top of that, I have to, ha I have to go to my white friends that are seeking these answers for what they can do. That's nothing against you guys, but that's secondary trauma for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't sign up to teach white people how they should act around race, uh, about race. Right. I, I, I want to live my life. Yeah. All I ask is that white people do their research. Go out and put themselves in the position. Don't don't seek your black friends for the answers because your black friends have been suffering. Yes. You, this is death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. That's what it is. We're, we're watching it over and over again. And, and you can't tell me that's not trauma. And, and then, and then, for people to come and say, "What can I do? What can I do?" And you're like, "I don't, I don't really know what you can do. I, I want you, I want to help you, cause, cause I'm black and I, and I want to see the justice. But to be honest, I feel so sick because I've watched three people get killed this fucking week. Yeah. One, Breonna Taylor, who was sleeping in her home, and cops raided the wrong house and shot her while she was sleeping. George Floyd, who literally had a knee on his neck for over seven minutes, and 
Chris, Christian Cooper who didn't die, but a, a white lady wanted to see it. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, it's just, and it, it works me up because I'm like, you know, everyone wants to solve these, everyone wants to look for answers, but no one wants to actually look for answers. Yeah, I saw on Twitter, white people need to speak up. I, I saw that a lot. And I saw that immediately after what I said in the group chat the other day that was kind of misinterpreted, at least in my eyes. So putting something together like this, I, I think it's it's a step, not to say it's the answer, but just yeah. friends of different races, ethnicities, getting together and talking. And it, I agree. And it's a continued ongoing conversation. It shouldn't, like, like the thing, it should this, never stop. This is the thing that I get a little worried about, and it's with anything, not even just race, is when something bad happens, right, it becomes, especially now, there's literally nothing else going on comes the talk of the town, everyone's doing it, and then six months from now, like the next big story headline, next big story headline, and this falls into the back burner. So I think, uh, coming from a white person, something that white people can do is keep it relevant, yeah. keep it in the news, yeah. keep it like, and and ignite, like, and it's never gonna be enough, right? It never no. will be. Like yeah. it's like going to the gym, right? You're never satisfied with how good you look. You want to look better. You want things to be better. So that's the way I think we need to really take this on and have yeah. these conversations with you know everyone in your life not just your black friends these conversations if you're white brandon corey sometimes dante because you, you know you're yeah. racially ambiguous you have to challenge the white people in your life yes. because that's when things will actually become change because you know whether we like it or not i can go on twitter and instagram and bitch about racism all day and people are just gonna be like oh that's Quentin yep. the wannabe social justice warrior that is talking about racism like they, 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 they turn the channel I mean, but when a white person comes out and says something like that it carries a little bit more yeah, because they can does. connect yes. and they're like okay if you can see it then maybe I can see it but you, it has to be challenging it has to be I'm gonna pour, I'm gonna push you to have this conversation I'm gonna push all my white friends when a black person isn't here my because, biggest yes. fear because that's yes. what matters. Yes. My biggest fear with that is just social media. You follow your own agenda. You don't follow accounts that you don't agree with. You don't follow yeah, you don't accounts follow that Trump. post stuff that you don't like. Yeah. So if I'm a Trump supporter, you think I'm going to follow something that posts something about Joe Biden? You think I'm going to follow something that posts about you know, George Floyd being killed? No. That's if, people's problems, though, because like, they do, and then they feel attacked. And also on top of that, you, gotta, comment. And, and you also got to remember, no matter what you do, there's always going to be people... Like, racism's never going to be completely gone. Anti-Semitism's never going to be completely gone. What we can do is minimize it to the point where the majority isn't. So, it's it's getting the majority of the people, and in this case, white people, right? Because white people's a majority. It's getting the majority of white people to realize, one, racism's still a real thing, and it ha happened, and two, we have to undo hundreds of years of equipment going off, systematic, uh, like, classing of, of minorities, like keeping people down. Gentrification. Yeah, also, can we talk about gentrification too, because I'm not, like, super educated on it. Like, I understand, like, what the, the premise of it is, but, like, I don't know all that goes into it, if that makes sense. So, like, I, I know the definition of it, but I don't know how it's applied. Like, I understand, like, black people were put on that side of town, and white people put on this side of town, and, like, that's how, like, things are now, like Camden versus Morristown. I understand that part of it. I'm not I, educated on it either. I, yeah, I don't I, understand, I don't though, like, for example, right? If you have a poor area and you want to make it nicer, like, to put a nicer house in that area, it's going to cost money and time and materials, and usually that house price is going to spike and be way higher priced than all the other houses in town. 
But in my mind, then how do you repair a neighborhood and make the houses nicer, more quality of life, without spiking the cost of the house higher than what the people can afford? Offer affordable housing. But the thing is, you see in every single town, that's like Morristown, and if you follow town council, which, you know, it's hard to follow because it's not very interesting. But one of the biggest fights that happens in towns like these, suburban towns outside of cities, is they are always rejecting affordable housing. They don't want that shit in the, in the they school system. They don't want systems. affordable housing because it bring, it lowers the over, the overall uh, property call, like the value, value. and yeah. and it brings unwanted people into the area and Who essentially the people? they're low minorities um, or minority people. And Morristown it, it has had this fight for years, for years. There yeah. and there's people with parent of the parents of the people that we know from Morristown that will show up to town council and plead that we do not need affordable housing in our town. And to them, it's a financial issue, right? But it, what it really that. comes down to is a racial issue. The image of the town. Yes, and the image yeah. of the town and, and what we hold as a, as a standard. And yeah. that happens in Philadelphia where these, you know, where these people from Morristown will go into Philadelphia, go into West Philly, say, all right, I'm gonna buy this from this person that is affordable housing, right? And if I'm, that, if I'm the landowner, I'm gonna be like, all right, you wanna buy it? Go ahead, take it. I'm gonna tear, I'm gonna tell the people here where you have an eviction notice. You can move out if you're on Section Eight. You can find other Section Eight housing. Guess where that other Section Eight ho housing is? It's usually in a neighborhood that where you're in West West Philly instead of that block in West Philly. It's West West Philly. Now you have all of these poor people moving into a concentrated area. Therefore, concentrated crime. Therefore, over policing in that area. And then that basically is gentrification. On the surface, it looks nice. But then you're like, oh, this is, you know, there's stores and there's a Starbucks and, you know, you know, there's a Panera Bread. This is great. But in reality, two two blocks over, you have people that used to live there, but they can't even afford it, and they didn't even ask them. Yeah. And that and that's where it's fucked up. So we need more affordable housing, and and that comes from governmental structural change. But you have rich, often white people that are like, I don't want that in my town. And just because you have money and doesn't have money doesn't mean you're a bad person, right? It just means you don't have a lot of money between rich and poor and take like rich white kids, right? That who actually might have a good heart and poor minority kids and bring them together because in my mind, that's the best way you're going to do it. I mean, tell you the truth, Corey, you know, Wasu, Hammonds, Bryce, and I have lived, at least to my knowledge, have lived in some sort of affordable housing. Yeah. So we are products of what affordable housing can do for someone in a rich town. It's not always bad. It's not always, you know, it's not always a, a negative. It just goes to show that you have people in your friend group that are products of that affordable housing. That, that in itself is just so powerful to me. It's like, this is opportunity that we're giving people. But when we want to expand that opportunity, we have so much pushback from people in the town that are saying that our schools are going to get worse, property's going to go down. And then when you look at our system, back to the structural part of it, who are the kids that are getting exiled from our school and sent to PCA, the alternative school, Burlington County Alternative School? Who are those kids more often than not? Kids of color. And we give them this deal that you can get out of our school and get out of our face. And as long as you finish your work, you can get a Morristown degree. I think that's fucked up. Yeah. And we're yeah, doing it. It's a systematic thing. Yeah. Racism, to me, and this might be a controversial opinion, I don't believe in 
reverse racism. I don't. Racism to me is a white problem, and it's a problem. It's a problem that white people need to address, not with the help of black people, but as a group, as a as a as a group of people, white people need to figure it out because I am sick and fucking tired of every fucking time this shit goes on, feeling like I have to save some. I have to say, like, I have to do it. Right. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll speak to the people in my life, but I need you guys to it do something. It doesn't make sense. You're saying when there's a room full of white people, other white people need to speak up. experience the same thing in the military. Um, you know, and the, the military is not pro-white. It's not a racist organization. You are a person of color. You every chance to succeed, you get a white person. Um, but... Being that I was an infantryman, um, being an infantryman is not a popular occupation. Insert racial slur here. Oh, this and that. Da da da. The, that he did not get the same respect as white people. I mean, after saying that, dude, like that just shows me like this is like an ideological issue. Like, yeah. like it's the way you think, not just like fixing this organization, fixing that boy. It, it is changing the way a lot of white people think when they see a black person. Right, right. Yo, that's, Corey, that's actually perfectly said. Bro. Like, yeah. that's perfectly said. Like, like you said earlier, when you see a black person, a lot of people associate with that fear. That has to be broken. Yeah, it does. But that has to be broken through our, and that goes back to systematic, right? Like, from the shows that we watch, you know, from the content that we consume, from the people that we hang out with. Which I think the unique thing about our friend group is that we are a diverse friend group. Actually, mostly black kids in our group, but we're willing to have these conversations, and, and that's a part of, like, recognizing, like, you know, why every time I watch Law & Order, you know, the, there's a black thug 
that is doing all the stereotypical things that I, I'm supposed to be ta- I'm being taught. I'm watching yeah, TV right. and being taught. It's not my yeah. parents that are teaching me this. It's, it's the fact that I see it in every aspect of my life. And then when something happens, like, you know, it's not ridiculous that Bryce's father is telling him at nine years old how to act around the police. You know why? Because Tamir Rice was playing on a playground with a fake gun and was shot by cops before they even got out their car. A 12-year-old kid. He's seen as a threat. You know, and how, how are you going to tell me that a 12-year-old kid is a threat? You know why? Because he's black. And the same reason that Trayvon Martin was a threat to George Zimmerman, even though they lived in a gated community and and was part of a nice family. It's the fact that when he's killed, now you got people saying, oh, well, he shouldn't have wore a hoodie. Oh, well, he shouldn't smoke weed. He has weed in his system. And that's the thing with George Floyd, is they're trying to say, oh, he might have potential intoxicants that caused his death. Potentials trying to make something. Yeah, there had to have been something. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just admitting the issue, trying to find something to substitute for it, I agree. Never made sense to me how you could be a murder suspect in your own murder. Ahmad Avery was a murder suspect in his own murder. He was unlawfully killed, and then people are bringing up things that he did 5, 10, 15. How are you a suspect in your own murder investigation? No, but even if you take the the, the racism out of that, if you just look at it from a straight, like, judicial, like, that is not a legal, like, that's not legal game to do that. Like, you can't, if you break my window, right, and then you steal something two, two years later from my house, you can't, by the book of law, you can't use my past crime to convict me on an offer. But by the book of public opinion, that person that convinced the possible jurors that this guy is a thug and that he, he was already committed to a life of crime and that he, he should have never even put himself in that situation. He shouldn't, have, he shouldn't even have been jogging in that neighborhood or in that house because, and, and, and that in itself is just it's ridiculous. Wrong. Like, even if all of that was true, even if he was in that house stealing something, he didn't deserve to die. And that's the system that is trying to, without saying it, and that's why it's so strong, is because, because they can do it without saying it. It's their but ideological, it. it's their ideological it. privilege. That's exactly what it is. Not just that, but he was also punished. Well, dude, that, that's a whole other animal, I agree, because, bro, in what world would you ever find it okay to see someone jog? Like, first of all, let's say they are, they're, they're racist, blah, blah, blah. They, you call the police if you think that's true. Like, if you think he stole something. That is not your responsibility to go out, even without guns. You're not, you're not supposed to tell someone, follow them. That's not, like, the whole citizen's arresting, I think, is personally bullshit. I don't think that should be legal. But, like, the, to be allowed to grab guns from your house and follow someone... And literally hunt them down. I'm like, dude, that is as cold and evil as it's it gets. Inhumane. It's federal level, like laws being put in place. One mandatory face cams. All police officers across the country. Period. Don't want to hear it. Like everybody. Like that needs to be a law. Secondly, like. Yeah. Did, was there? Did they have chest cameras on? Anyone? I don't think they so. Did. They did. Oh, they, did. they didn't release didn't, that shit though yet. They're not going to release it. They're not going to release it. But in the city of Indianapolis where Sean Reed was killed, they don't wear uh, body cams. That's a fucking issue. Wasn't he shot like 20 some times or something like that? I think it was 15 total yeah. rounds were exchanged. They said four from his gun or 11 smokes. Unreal. Unreal. Is that the video where he said it um, looks like it's going to be closed caskets? Yeah. I heard about that. I saw that. That's ridiculous. How how are you gonna look down on a dead human being and say it looks like this is about to be closed casket? 